Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Drags and it's Wednesday, November 28th and it's time for episode 273 of Patriot Speed on the CLNS Media Network. Find us, of course, at clnsmedia.com and follow us on Twitter at Patriots CLNS. Patriots found a way to get back on track with their running attack Sunday at MetLife Stadium, pounding the Jets for 215 yards on the ground in a 27-13 ho-hum win, moves them to 8-3 and on the year. Well, this week, I think the challenge figures to be much greater, even though it's back home at Gillette Stadium. The Minnesota Vikings, a Super Bowl pick by many coming into the season, have had an uneven year to say the least. They are coming off a desperately needed 24-17 Sunday night home win over the Green Bay Packers, uh, avenging what I thought was kind of a hideous tie in Week 2. The 6-4-1 and Vikings are in a fight for their playoff lives with a surprising 8-3 and Bears in the NFC North. So this week we take a look inside the Vikings with Courtney Cronin covering the team for ESPN and ESPN.com and whom I highly recommend you follow on Twitter at Courtney R. Cronin. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Right out of the chute, and the Vikings to me look like a team that, I don't know, Courtney, it, it, they're still in a bit of a hangover from their 38-7 loss to the Eagles in the NFC title game last year. I know they. You, a lot of people talk about a hangover for the Super Bowl loser, but the Vikings, to me, all season and watching them when I have, uh, seem to be in that mode from the Philly loss in, in January. Any reason why? Well, I tend to think that they had to overcompensate. And you have a really good rushing offense with the Eagles that they barely used in that game because you have Nick Foles just torching your team and torching your secondary up and down the field. Right. Um there's kind of that narrative that was out there throughout the off season that this defense might have been figured out. And I think that Mike Zimmer, his staff, his players really tried to hone in on okay, how can we how can we kind of remain a step ahead here? Um and what you saw in the first four weeks were they were installing a lot of new a lot of new looks. Um and that's kind of continued throughout the season. You'll see you know, you'll see it just pop up in different in different circumstances. You know, against the Packers, he kind of had this triple A gap blitz look, which was the first time we had seen that this year. Um, but the thing I think that um, you know, whether the defense got figured out or not, they had, they installed a lot of new looks and a lot of new wrinkles in this defense that took them a while to learn to figure out, which is why you saw weeks one through four right. the defense really struggled. Yep. So after that point, I think the I mean now. It's, the win, I guess, looks okay. The Eagles are still below 500 at this point, I believe. But um, that week five win in Philadelphia really sparked the turnaround. And, yes, they had two losses 
uh, to the Saints and to the Bears in prime time, two of the you know the leaders in the NFC right now. But they have done well in getting the wins that they need to win and they, that they're expected to win. Except for Buffalo this season, they haven't lost any of the games that they were expected and they were favored in. What happened in that game? Because uh, I, a lot of teams have that one game all year. You just look at and go, what the hell happened there? Um, that, yeah. was, that game in Minnesota, I think that shocked every. I think that's the most shocking loss any team has had in the league this year. I would agree with that. Um, I think... The, the thing that Rick Spielman told us before the bye week when asked about that game, he said, that's not the Minnesota Vikings. The team that was on the field and kind of asked, well, well who was that? Um, there were a lot of circumstances, uh, kind of off the field stuff going into that game. The night before Everson Griffin, that Saturday before the game, um, was there were two separate incidences where he was involved with the police because mental health issues uh, before he was like, you know, put in an involuntary psych- psychiatric hold. Um, so I think that that honestly might have played a role in maybe having the team a little bit, um, you know, kind of on edge and definitely playing tight. And, you know, that was one thing with the defense because the defense just let um, Josh Allen look like, you know, Joe Montana that game. It's pretty absurd. Um, there were a lot of misdirection plays. They couldn't cover the tight end once again. I mean, that they struggled. But then Kirk Cousins and those two turnovers on back-to-back drives, that put them in like a 17-0 hole. Uh, right away, and they ran the ball total, I think, like six times. So they had to play from behind. They set themselves up for failure early on, um, and they just, they were in a hole from from the beginning. But there, that was a really sobering loss, I think, for everybody in this organization because something like that is not supposed to happen. You're, a team like the Minnesota Vikings, who came into this year's Super Bowl favorites, are not expected to ever look like that version of themselves. I don't even, I think that one still kind of gives them probably a little bit of PTSD just because it wasn't that long ago. You realize that type of stuff can happen in this league. Like one play can lead to a domino effect as it did because, you know, you saw Kirk's uh, two interceptions, excuse me, two turnovers, um, you know, the fumble, um, that just bad ball security and trying to escape the pocket. That made his defense play, have to play from, a very tough spot there in the red zone, and you can't always expect your defense to hold when they're constantly on back-to-back drives put in that situation. So they learn from it for sure, but I don't think week three is far from a lot of people's mind in the grand scheme of this entire season. That's something that could very easily happen to anybody. Speaking with ESPN's terrific Vikings reporter, Courtney Cronin. Hey, everybody. I want to tell you about the future of journalism. If you haven't seen it by now, here's your chance to join a sports revolution. It's called The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash patsbeat, all lowercase, and sign up for 40% off. That's theathletic.com slash patsbeat, all lowercase, for your first subscription to The Athletic for less than $3 a month. I was just reading Jeff Howe's terrific film breakdown of how the Patriots got great performances from their best players and the rebound win over the Jets and what that means going forward in the final five weeks of the regular season. And there's Matt Chatham's great weekly insights to the X's and O's. The Athletic is a subscription-based publisher of smarter sports coverage for diehard fans. The model is simple. No ads, no pop-ups, and no autoplay videos. Readers subscribe for authentic, in-depth coverage written by journalists who know their teams inside 
and out. Coverage goes beyond game recaps and trade speculation to provide smarter analysis and a deeper perspective about teams and the league. Go to theathletic.com slash patsbeat, all lowercase. Again, that's theathletic.com slash patsbeat for 40% off. Subscribe now and be part of the future of sports journalism. Speaking with ESPN's terrific Vikings reporter, Courtney Cronin. Does the fan base feel this season is still salvageable given, I I know you referred to this a few moments ago, given the season so far for the Rams, the Saints, and now even the Bears? I think that there's a realistic optimism that this is definitely a playoff team. Absolutely a playoff team. Um, They they should be better than where they're at right now. Look at their, they have one of the most talented rosters in the NFC. So I tend to think there's that frustration that why isn't this team better? Why can't they put the Packers away before halftime when they see, you know, they're confusing Rodgers on third down and, and he's and he's pressured so much and, and the score is still 14 to 14. Um, it's those types of games that I think are a little bit head scratching. You know, why why were the Jets even in that game at some point before Vikings then go on to put up 37 points? And why couldn't you know Kirk Cousins convert on third down in that game? It's those types of instances that. I think give a little bit of fear to this fan base that, you know, there may be, their Vikings are probably a little bit further behind than most had anticipated in kind of that national narrative that um, they were going to be, you know, march through the season. The Saints were going to go down and the Rams were not going to be that tough for them. And nobody, nobody knew Chicago was going to be that good, but it's kind of turned the opposite. So I think there's definitely cautious optimism about, this remaining stretch that they have because it's not easy. They go from New England this Sunday to a Monday night game on the other side of the country in Seattle. Uh, if they can come out of this stretch, which is Bears, Packers, Patriots, and Seahawks at one and three, <laughs> then you're in a good situation. I mean, that's tough. It's a yeah. tough act because those are two tough road games back to back. This is arguably the hardest part of their schedule. And before we thought Rams at Rams and at Eagles was the hardest part of their schedule. So go figure. Um, if they can come out of that at one and three, and then they've got Miami at home, should be a win. Detroit on the road is always tricky, but now that you know Marvin Jones is going to IR, Detroit yep. has no receivers, so that should be a win. I have to look it up. I don't know what time the Bears won in U.S. Bank Stadium, but that's not going to be the type of Bears-Vikings throwaway pre-New Year's Eve game that we typically see. That's going to be a tough one, and yep. who knows? I mean, I think there is some optimism that, the division could still be on the line at that point because the Bears do have the Rams. And, I mean, they, they've got uh, you know several different they've got several road games you know coming up with the Giants on the road. Um, they've got to play the Rams. Maybe they've got Packers and 49ers. So their schedule is a little bit more favorable. But um, I think that the Vikings in the position they're at right now, they're probably a wild card team. How have fa- Vikings fans embraced Kirk Cousins after the big, fully guaranteed eighty-four million dollar deal? I think there's there's parts of the fan base that are divided on Kirk uh, because you see some of the circumstances where there's untimely fumbles, fumbles in the red zone, and uh, he leads the league in fumbles. And you know when you ask him about it, he'll say he, he, he can control the ones, he can focus on the ones that he can control. Well, there's I, I think that there's kind of that accountability factor too that he's starting to get better at uh, here in Minnesota, uh, but there's still kind of some skepticism that is this guy really the leader for our locker room because there's some excuses in losses where the response, I mean, he was very good about taking the responsibility for both interceptions that he threw in Chicago, but um, 
I think there have been other times where he's kind of struggled uh, to, to take on that accountability, to, to be that leader that a Case Keenum or Teddy Bridgewater was, where it was all about everybody else on the team, and you know they would kind of fall on the sword for guys. Um, but Kirk, you know, that aside, Kirk has had a pretty pretty good season. I mean, but you also take a look at why he has these numbers that he does. I mean, they've been passing the ball a lot more than they've been running it. I know that people talk about volume and balance and what have you, whatever side of the equation you stand on, that that's one thing. But in Kurt's case, I think people are now realizing, okay, this is why he was such a good fantasy quarterback, because he can put up these types of numbers. But can he win you the games that you expect him to win? What he did in Green Bay in week two, those are the times, like those moments are why the Vikings brought him in here. Yep. He has not, I mean, Green Bay was a must-win game, realistically, like kind of in the, the general sense for the Vikings, because had they lost that game and they go 0-4 in the stretch, which is very possible, um, had they not won that Packers game, that's that that's tough. I mean, you bring you pay someone $84 million to win you the marquee games, and Kirk kind of taking his primetime struggles, I think, is, is definitely a good thing for him going into the Patriots. Patriots game and going into the Seahawks game, um, but they need to see more of that from him. I think that he's performed above average this year, but not to the point where you're like, that's why we paid that guy $84 million to come in here, because he defeated Drew Brees, um, you know, in that, you know, on Sunday Night Football, and before that, you know, he doesn't fumble on the final drive where he can go down and tie the game against the Rams, um, doesn't fumble on the Rams, inside the Rams 44-yard line. What about John D. Filippo as the offensive coordinator? He was huge. I Patriots fans remember this. Uh, he was huge last year with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, uh, obviously, in the Super Bowl. How has he helped Cousins? I think that he's simplified. Um, you know, he's simplified some stuff for Kirk and trying to help a guy, a guy who's been the same offense since 2012 when he was drafted, you know, really – kind of key in on a few things and not have it be information overload because they do try to do some a lot of stuff pre-snap to throw off the defense. And that's a lot for a quarterback to, to process and to manage. And, yes, you pay Kirk Cousins $84 million, so about $30 million a year, um, to, to be in this position where to manage all of that is really focused in on what Kirk is good at and given some of the struggles with the offensive line, which, you know, I think is a point that we don't talk about enough. I mean, this team has really it's been such an up-and-down year with the offensive line. Starting way back in July, they lose their offensive line coach, um, who passed away suddenly from, you know, basic from a, it's like a, a arterial it's a heart attack, essentially. I don't right. know the exact word on it. Um, they've been through a lot of adversity. And not to mention that they didn't really address this position right away when they needed to. Brian O'Neill, the right tackle, uh, who was a second-round pick, actually turned out really well. But, um, you know, I think that the other part of that, too, is, you know, the protections for Kirk. I mean, he's a guy who doesn't really move from the same spot when you when he drops back to pass. Um, they need to utilize more play action. Flip knows that. He's mentioned that. And... They've they've done they did that. That's why Kirk was so wildly successful with it against the Packers and has been against the Packers throughout his career. Um, but he's done a really good job. I mean, this has not been an easy task this season for Flip or for Kirk, um, just with the expectations. And you know, with Dalvin Cook being out for so long and now just starting to come back and show he can be really explosive in the passing game. I think you're finally now. It's you know maybe 
a couple of a couple months too late or a couple months later than most people expected. But now you're starting to see the offense what people were expecting it to be week one and in in, in beyond that because Kirk is finally comfortable in it. Um, he's got great playmakers in Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, and he leans pretty heavily on those guys. Well, you must have been reading uh, my uh, note sheet here, uh, Courtney, speaking with Courtney Cronin, doing a terrific job covering the Vikings for ESPN. Um, Adam Thielen uh, is someone I want to speak about next. Really, really enjoyed your story on on Adam uh, earlier in the month, I believe it was uh, two or three weeks ago now, and how he went from un- undrafted, you're welcome, undrafted out of Minnesota State, Mankato, to Pro Bowl receiver with the Vikings. Patriots know a thing or two, Courtney. Uh, Courtney, about undrafted college players who shoot to the top. What is it that makes Adam Thielen so good this season? Well, I think with with having Stephon Diggs, and this is in no part taking away from what Adam Thielen does. I think he's a top five receiver. I don't think he's the number one receiver in the NFL. Like if you had to pick, someone gave you a list of guys. Someone said Hopkins, who would be the and he'd probably take it hop, in my opinion. I know a lot of people take Julio Jones. I would take DeAndre Hopkins because I think he is the best. You know, at least he's one, one or two in my mind. Right. But um, no argument. Adam Thielen is is the product of a very good, you know, a very good athleticism, of really quick burst, of incredible route running. He does all this stuff on his own, but he also has the benefit of having Stephon Diggs on the team as well. Yep. Um, you know, that, that draws a different matchup from defenses where you can't put two guys on both of them. So you're going to pick your poison. And I think that that's why for all those consecutive weeks leading into the Saints game, you saw, um, or leading into, I believe, the Detroit game where, uh, Adam had seven straight games, seven or eight straight games with a hundred yards receiving. I mean, that's absurd figures, but he and Kirk Cousins have an incredible, uh, you know, just really good connection and, the point where Adam's at now is basically he's encapsulated his entire 2017 season and he's eclipsed it already 13 weeks, entering the 13th week of this season. I mean, that's pretty nuts when you think about that in the big picture. But, um, you know, he's a very good receiver, and I think that he makes this offense go. And then when you have two guys like both him and Diggs, that helps a guy like Kirk Cousins because he's got, he's got he knows he has playmakers that – um, are two of the best contested catch receivers in the NFL. He can throw the ball to a spot and expect them to be there. Um, and they've bailed him out a handful of times. Uh, I mean, that throw, that he, tight window throw he made to Thielen in the uh, in the Packers game, uh, there's an NFL next-gen stat that it was just like an absurd uh, completion, expected completion Probability. percentage on it. Right. It was somewhere down in the 30% or below that, maybe even the 20% range, and Adam made that catch. Adam, that was definitely a bail-you-out type catch, and Kirk's very lucky he had guys like Adam and Stephon Diggs to make those types of plays. I would make the argument, okay, Courtney, that Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs probably the best, uh, at, in terms of production, the best receiving duo in the NFL this year, certainly Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster uh, with Steelers. Uh, they're both having tremendous years again. But what Thielen and Diggs together have done uh, have just, I think, carried the Minnesota passing game. And what's interesting, and I don't know how much you've paid attention to the Patriots' secondary all season, They've been very up and down, and I'm just curious if you think privately they may be, uh, the Vikings may be licking their chops a little bit going up against, 
uh, this secondary and whether or not you think the passing game in general with Dalvin Cook, you know, maybe catching passes out of the backfield or Kyle Rudolph, the outstanding veteran tight end. I think this matches up well for the Vikings. I think it's a good matchup. It's not as much of a lot matchup as most people think. Um, certainly they have position upgrades that, you know, they, they own on the Vikings, number one being quarterback. Um, but there are those moments where you think, okay, if some of the injuries in the secondary, Vikings can key in on those things, they might be able to establish a pretty prolific passing attack early on um, and even get Dalvin Cook more involved in that. He caught a 24-yard slant against the Packers in Week 2. I would expect him, and potentially even a guy like Amir Abdullah, every, you know, every so often to be more involved in the passing game and kind of open things up for Kirk more because that's how they can be as explosive as they want. That's the former uh, Detroit Lion, correct? That the, uh, correct. The first, he, he, first he joined the team during the bye week. Catching up on the Vikings with ESPN's Courtney Cronin. Hey, everybody, I want to tell you about the new wellness brand for men. It's called Hims. Did you know 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35? Thing is, when you start to notice hair loss, it's too late. It's always easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you've lost. Do you want your hairline to recede, or do you want to do something about it first? Why do guys always seem to turn to weird solutions or even do nothing when they can turn to medicine and science? There is a solution. It's called HIMS. Visit 4HIMS.com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. With the dry, cold winter months coming up, I swear by their everyday moisturizer and morning glow vitamin C serum to help boost collagen and even my skin complexion. Their prescription solutions are backed by science. There's no waiting room, no awkward in-person doctor visits. Save hours by going to 4 and order now. My listeners get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today right now while supplies last. See the website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. Go to 4 slash trags. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash T-R-A-G-S, forhims.com, slash trags. Speaking with ESPN's terrific Vikings reporter, Courtney Cronin. Uh, let me uh, ask you uh, about Mike Zimmer and how players embrace him. I know from talking to uh, quite a few of my friends covering the team in Cincinnati, he was absolutely beloved by uh, the team there in, in the Bengals for his straight shooter approach. And there were quite <laughs> quite a few wishing they had kept him there. Hard to believe he's already the, uh, in his fifth year in Minnesota. Yeah, I know it's wild when you think like 2014, um, he gets the job and he's gone through so many different quarterbacks. This is his time too, having a little bit of quarterback stability, knowing he has Kirk Cousins for at least, you know, the rest of this season and the next few years, barring, you know, catastrophic injury. But even then, that's something he's been used to with uh, Teddy Bridgewater and then Sam Bradford and his knee and then Case Keenum. So he's gone through quite a bit since he's been here. And I think that's why he's so embraced because his mindset and the identity of this team really has not shifted uh, throughout any of that. This is a defensive team. He wants to win games that way. I think that they respect him. They, they fight for him. They play for him um, because he's just he's such a brilliant defensive mind, and that allows them to you know really exercise they do best. And, and he's really good at making adjustments, um, as we've seen kind of you know these last few weeks. I mean, he's been pretty good at containing. You know, some really tough quarterbacks, and they certainly have Aaron Rodgers' number. Uh, they have in the last few games that they've played at U.S. Bank Stadium. 
Courtney, absolutely love U.S. Bank Stadium. Was out there for the Super Bowl. Sight lines are spectacular. How much fun is it covering games week in and week out there? It's a really beautiful spot. I think that when you talk about the newest stadiums in the NFL um, and, and the amenities, I mean, you talk about Mercedes-Benz in, in Atlanta, kind of like U.S. Bank Stadium. I think they're really 1A and 1B. Uh, but you saw with the Super Bowl, nobody was complaining about the facilities in Minnesota. They might have been complaining about but U.S. Bank Stadium is second to none, and it, it's a gorgeous facility. And I think the Vikings are very lucky that they have, um, you know, kind of the support from the entire state to, to get pay for a building like that. Um, it allowed them to privately fund their facility twenty miles away from the stadium. So I mean, it's it's definitely uh, a premier building. They've got the Final Four coming up, two thousand nineteen. Other events there. It is. You know, a pristine, and you were very spoiled uh, with getting to work inside that building on game day. So much disappointment, um, I assume, around Minnesota. I mean, you know, I was there, you know, for the week before the Super Bowl, and um, the disappointment that the Vikings weren't able to play in their home building. However, the logistics, um, that would have been something altogether uh, different, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have been unprecedented. No team's ever played. Uh, the Super Bowl in their home stadium, which, you know, it's just, it's pretty incredible. But, uh, yeah, that was definitely a tough week for Vikings fans because there was kind of a little bit of air let out of the sale, uh, given the loss to Philadelphia the week before, or two weeks before. I want to thank everyone for downloading today's podcast. I want to thank our terrific guest, Courtney Cronin, covering the Vikings for ESPN and ESPN.com. This is your chance, Courtney, to promote yourself on Twitter. How can people follow you? My Twitter handle is at Courtney R. Cronin. And, um, yeah, I, mean, I, I link all my articles there. If you go to ESPN.com and go over to the Minnesota Vikings tab, that's where you can see my stuff, too. Excellent. Courtney, thanks so much for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Also want to, of course, thank our great sponsors, The Athletic and Hymns, for producer Michael Angie, our executive producer Larry H. Russell, and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. This is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media.